Life gets complicated, and it only gets more complicated when things change, which is why AAA insurance agents take the time to talk with you so that they can help you choose the best auto and home coverage. Don't put off getting protected. Let AAA help cover what you care about. Insurance that's not just insurance. Talk to your local AAA insurance agent or visit AAA.com slash insurance to learn more about AAA. Blog Talk Radio. a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. This thought that we have right here, that we'll start the show with, is from the works of Alice Bailey. And Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and all of the dialogue that emanates on this show comes from the works of Alice Bailey. Uh, and as, as does this thought we're, that we're about to set, set forth, we grow by the presentation of moments of crisis. And I think that in life we're either entering a storm, either going through a storm, entering one, or coming out of one. And if we really just are the type of people that we have to wait for the calm before the next storm to start enjoying life, I think that we will not really reach into the epiphany of what joy and discovering the joy of existence is all about. I think the trick is to enjoy life during the storm and perhaps look at the storm as a tool given to us by the universe for our growth and that perhaps we're really facing ourselves as we face life's storms. And we've talked about crisis of the soul. Last week we mentioned that. How is, how is that different from a personality crisis? I think the difference lies not in the um, actual circumstances of the crisis, but in how one responds to it. You could take two people experiencing the same uh, circumstances, and one might react um, to it in a way that um, makes it a personality crisis, and the other person might transform it into a genuine soul crisis. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting at is I think it depends on what level of your being um, you respond to the crisis from uh, if you respond physically to a crisis uh, probably you're referring to a health crisis major illness uh, perhaps an accident those can be quite uh, tumultuous 
in terms of the outer physical life, but they're not really a soul crisis necessarily. Uh, many people think of crises in terms of emotional events. Uh, that's probably the most typical view of a crisis, something that you experience that disturbs you emotionally, that uh, causes great upset and upheaval in the emotional life, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of anxiety. That's probably the traditional view of a crisis. But those are really crises of the personality because the personality can pass through them, suffer, uh, be... Um, delayed in its enjoyment of life and yet come out on the other end relatively the same person as he was entering into the crisis not really changed in any sense mm -hmm. but a soul crisis transforms the basic character or nature and I think the most devastating crises are mental crises and as we talked of in one of the earlier programs we said that sometimes a real soul crisis can be ongoing over a period of time and be so quiet, so subtle and subjective that even one's closest friends and family might not know that one is going through a crisis. So there's nothing devastating happening in the outer life, no major change in physical circumstances, maybe no emotional display of temperament, and yet mentally and spiritually one is really confronted with a, a barrier, uh, a seeming wall. I think that's probably an indication of a soul crisis, that it, it leads one to a kind of a barrier or a wall that one has to overcome in order to move beyond the crisis. And the writings of Alice Bailey say that uh, each life crisis can lead to extended vision or to a separating wall. That's really where the decision is made about a soul crisis. Does it lock you more into your own isolation as a personality, separate from others, isolated and feeling distant and alone? Or does it reveal more of a sense of relationship to humanity and more of a sense of one's future destiny and path? That would be, I think, an indication of a real soul crisis. What do you think? Yeah, I think the, um, you know, in, in the opening thought, I think the key word there is grow. We grow by the presentation of moments of crisis. And growth is, uh, for the soul, the uh, the real objective here because uh, as far as the soul is concerned, and we're talking about the soul um, on the inner side, uh, the, the soul that sees the lifetime's over a long span of time and that's the concern of the soul with the larger picture the larger patterns and ideas that are working out over many lifetimes perhaps when the person undergoes uh, a, a major expansion of consciousness and uh, which results in expanded vision or a greater sense of inclusiveness so that the soul is always concerned with growth and expansions of that individual consciousness. I think one of the most um, important things to understand about crises is that um, they, although they are often preceded by a period of darkness and of seeming aridity, they are in fact very productive. And this is um, 
something that I think is not very well understood by our society. I think we are really um, indoctrinated to uh, avoid crisis, to maintain an equilibrium in our personality life, to keep the lid on, so to speak, maintain that even keel. Um, Everything about our educational system, our society, our culture encourages us to maintain that even keel. And certainly that's understandable, but oddly enough, crises often uh, come about through the upheaval of the known and familiar. And we should embrace that because when everything is thrown up in the air, it comes down often in new patterns. That's the creativity of crisis, that we can rearrange not only our circumstances, but more importantly, our response to circumstances. It can give one a feeling of being more in control of life, of being more at the helm of one's destiny when you have come through a crisis. I would think any of our audience could think of um, very testing events they have lived through, periods in their life when they were really at their limit. And they might be able to look back and say, yes, I really grew from that experience. It wasn't very pleasant, but I really developed my spiritual muscles as a result. That's the, that's the kind of the, the learning that mm-hmm. comes about by these crises and that everybody experiences in their lives. And they are learning experiences. And if we look back at, at, at what led to this point of tension, this point of crisis, we might see that uh, it's been brought about by a certain habit of mind, as it says in the Bailey books, uh, which is developed uh, over a period of time. And we, we, be, we fall into this pattern of repeating these same habits of thinking over and over again that always continue to get us into trouble and, uh, cre- and result in some kind of pain and suffering. And so to to counteract that, uh, what we have to do is to adapt adapt to a a more fruitful and more um, what is the word uh, <coughs> a, a more <laughs> higher a more higher soul infused a soul qualitative uh, pattern of thinking that will help us transcend this old pattern of thinking that but got us in trouble in the first place. But how do you awaken that new uh, pattern of thinking? What is it that dislodges the old habitual reactions? I think a lot of us can think of certain circumstances that we have repeatedly undergone. And when we find ourselves going through repeated uh, patterns of um, testing and so on, I think we should be able to say to ourselves quite honestly that we must be slow learners and not getting the point, or we wouldn't have to repeatedly go through these experiences. So like you say, we have to change our pattern of thinking, but what exactly does that mean? It uh, Usually, I, I would think the, there needs to be a recognition on the part of the person that um, something is not right here. There's a certain discontent that comes up with this old pattern of thinking and say, you know, I keep going over this, following this same pattern all my life and uh, I keep getting into these jams and into these troubles and uh, keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And pretty soon you just step back and say enough is enough and uh, 
begin to look at the problem more objectively. And with more of a sense of responsibility, don't you think? Mm-hmm. That's probably a key factor in uh, producing a soul crisis, that you take responsibility for your circumstances. Yeah. You say, this is happening to me because I am creating the opportunity for this. I am somehow setting this up and getting myself into it. That's not meant to be a, a means of uh, self um, denigration because again coming back to the idea of the productivity of crisis these can be very fruitful opportunities for the soul and um, we we shouldn't think that the successful spiritual life has always lived on an absolutely even keel uh, in fact a really spiritually creative life might be one where periodically the person is tested to his limits Everybody knows that when you learn something, you go through a period of testing to see how well you learned it. This is how education occurs. And the same is true of the soul. It tests the learning by um, being brought to a a certain pitch, a certain um, uh, arduousness where its, its spiritual muscles, its values are really tried out. If we had just a, uh, an easy, comfortable rhythm in our life, we wouldn't have to summon up that kind of soul energy. So these crises are, are good, but um, they do have to be seen as something that we have brought on ourselves. And it's a, uh, it probably should be seen as a stage of, of growth. Mm-hmm. Carl Jung once said that uh, not everything faced can be changed, but anything needing change must first be faced. Right. What Dale mentioned before right. reminded me of that exactly. of that thought. And yeah. also, if I'm correct, I'm assuming I'm what the idea that I'm picking up is that crisis can uh, serve as a catalyst uh, to springboard us into a higher consciousness, which we can remain in once we achieve that higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Alice Bailey <coughs> said something that uh, I really don't understand, and I wish you'd clarify it for me because I certainly don't go looking for a crisis <laughs> but uh, she said that a spiritual person makes his own crisis how is this different from the traditional view of crisis well as, as we've been saying the traditional view of crisis is that something's gone wrong in the life mm-hmm. if you aren't proceeding on an even keel something has run amok and everything uh, within you wants to get back on track and return to the old equilibrium but Alice Bailey said a, per, a spiritual person makes his own crises, and elsewhere she said, if you aren't having a crisis, create one. <laughs> I don't Truly. know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what she was saying or implying <laughs> is that um, you don't know what strength, what wisdom lies within you until mm-hmm. you are brought up against the testing mm-hmm. of a real crisis. And that's absolutely true. Um, I, don't, I don't think we need to debate that, yeah. do we? It's, I don't it's, think so. And it's I think obvious. Perhaps also what she's saying, too, is that you can uh, test, as a result of the crisis, you can discover your shortcomings as well and yes. work on them then. Mm-hmm. Yes, because crises, um, as a fundamental factor, generate light. Maybe that's the most um, ca- uh, predominant characteristic of a, a soul crisis. It It is caused by inpouring light. Um there's a, a statement that I came across just today in uh, opening my morning mail. Uh, someone wrote in and said, Anytime the earth gets tilled, rocks come to the surface. 
the earth being um, uh, a metaphor for the personality. Anytime the personality gets tilled or challenged in a crisis, rocks come to the surface. But they were there all the mm-hmm. time. Rocks beneath the surface are what um, cause a boat to go down. So you can't say that if they're hidden, everything is fine. But bringing them to the surface is the first step in getting rid of them. So light reveals, and light is what generates a crisis. Uh, If we weren't growing, we wouldn't be becoming aware of the ways in which we are not yet perfect. Mm -hmm. And the recognition of our imperfections, of our flaws, is actually a very productive, creative moment. It's painful because we want desperately to be perfect, as our Father in Heaven is perfect, but we aren't. We're works in progress, and it's a uh, an aspect of the soul that it casts light on the unredeemed nature, and this is part of the the pain of the spiritual path. But it's also a sign of real growth, because when you see something as it is, then you can change it. If you don't see it, if you're not aware of it and not feeling responsible for it, then you can't change. Yeah, and I think related to this, I think some uh, sometimes that the soul, in its own creative work, uh, actually designs, if you want to use that mm-hmm. word, designs certain lives, puts you in certain place in the world, in certain categories, that will bring about specific points of crisis. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a definite soul um, impulse. To, to put you in a, in a position where you're going to face these crises and, and work through them and come out with growth on the other side. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our topic for today is Crisis, Part 3. And our discussion today emanates from the Alice Bailey book, uh, Esoteric Psychology, Part 2, Volume 2. And... If those, if you're interested in uh, Lucy's trust, uh, I, I think the most commonly asked question is the question that we get on frequently asked on the phones, and that is, um, is Lucy's trust a religion? Um, no, we're not. Emphatically, uh, I might say that too. Uh, at, if you attend our meditation meetings or any of our function, you'll find people from all walks of life and uh, many religious backgrounds, and uh, we attempt to find all the commonality of good and in all religions, I mean, we discuss spiritual philosophy, and I suppose that's the best way, for lack of a better word, to describe uh, the Lucis Trust organization, is that it's a spiritual philosophy organization. If you'd like to order uh, our cassette tapes, uh, radio shows, uh, books, uh, uh, a free booklet containing the Great Invocation, uh, a schedule of our meditation meetings, uh, or for any of the information about our organization, what we do have is a general package of information, and also included is the um, uh, Great Invocation, which is a uh, prayer that uh, Sarah says at the end of each of our shows. But you'll find out a lot about the Lucis uh, Trust organization if you call up on our toll-free number, and we'll be happy to send you out a um, general package of information for free, of course. So give us a call if you'd like that general package of information. And maybe someday you might join us and take a look at our literature. And uh, That toll-free number, by the way, is 1-866-695-8247. Once again, 
It's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. And I might also mention that all the work of the Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. We are not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals. So please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. And the the address for Lucis uh, Trust is as follows. If you'd like to, is as follows. If you'd like to donate, uh, donations can be sent to the following address: Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And that toll-free number again, one. 866-695-8247. An easy way to remember it, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Our website is www.lucistrust.org, and if you key into that, you can uh, listen to all of our previously archived library of shows. Um, Sarah uh, Dell, I was just thinking, too, of... Um, that gentleman by the name of Frankel, who uh, you brought up several weeks ago, where uh, one of the uh, uh, issues that was mentioned by him was the uh, ability in concentration, the survival ability of people in concentration camps, if they were able to uh, kick into the idea idea that uh, life uh, had meaning to it. Uh, would that be an example of soul crisis? Uh, I think so, because um, that is saying that uh, the the circumstances, painful as they might be, can teach one something and are leading to some greater good. I think that's behind the idea that life has meaning, mm-hmm. that that it is leading to a greater good than one presently realizes. So, yes, I would think that's what Frankel discovered in his research. Those people that were able to see the meaning in their circumstances lived mm-hmm. and didn't give up. And, okay, uh, so yeah. uh, why are why are crises uh, such an unavoidable part of the spiritual path? Well, it's um, as we've been saying, the way that the soul tests its um, its strength, its grip on its um, its instrument, the the human personality, by uh, putting the personality into uh, circumstances where the traditional uh, coping mechanisms aren't sufficient and you really have to dig deep into yourself and really search your understanding and your wisdom and your experience to come up with enough fortitude to um, not only survive but hopefully grow. So it's it's a, a test uh, that the soul periodically initiates. It's not the same for everybody. And this is an interesting point about crisis. We've talked in the past about the seven different psychological temperaments of human beings, the seven rays. We did a series Mm -hmm. of programs on those. And for all of these different types, crises are different. For example, a person who is um, fundamentally the power type, who is um, self-motivated, one who maintains his own center, uh, that kind of individual often goes into a, a crisis that leads him to a greater um, inclusiveness 
in the way he views life and human beings. He is expanded in his ability to identify with others because of a soul crisis. Whereas um, a soul who is along the line of love often is innately able to identify with many different kinds of people, but it's more difficult for that person to find and maintain his own center. And so the crisis that that kind of person goes through often has the keynote of centralization, you could say, teaching the person to become stable and complete within his own spiritual center while maintaining and fostering the capacity to identify with all human beings. Mm -hmm. So you can see how there's this constant fine-tuning and balancing of the soul. Um, A person who's along the line of creative activity, who is capable of uh, doing many different things, talented in many areas, for that person, the goal is to achieve a kind of stillness in life that will allow the voice of the soul to be heard because so often they're so busy and so active they create their own internal noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these um these things that you were these characteristics that you were just referring to really don't really come into play until one does begin to step on the mm. spiritual path. Right. And I think that that was the question why crises seem unavoidable on the spiritual path. It's because one is becoming, at that point, more aligned with the soul and there is a, a more of a, a evocation and invocation, back and forth mm-hmm. uh, alignment and energies is flowing more f- smoothly and freely with the soul so that these crises come uh, in more more frequently and more perhaps more intensely and yet you as you say the energy is actually the soul energy is actually flowing right. more freely and smoothly and all along the soul has always been there but uh, as one becomes uh, more sensitive to the vibration of the soul the higher qualities of the soul begin to pour in and influence what he or this or this person does and thinks and how it behaves in his or her life, then um, uh, the the uh, these crises begin to come more frequently, and because there's a lot more uh, influence that the soul can mm-hmm. can play in that life. And of course, those kinds of crises that you're talking about are not the same as the kind of life that some people live, where we look at their life and say their life is an absolute mess. Um, people who can't really get themselves together, uh, those are not people having a soul crisis. Those no. are people who are still mm. learning discipline and um, uh, integrating their emotional mm. and physical nature. You're talking about something else. Yeah, that's a little bit more advanced along the path. But I think even those people that, as you say, can't get their life together <laughs> are, are feeling something, that there is some pressure there always. So, uh, uh, But it's in the background more. We've been talking about crisis concerning individuals. Can you relate this to larger groups such as nations? Yes, because um, nations are also uh, the expression of the soul. The um, a whole nation is um, a, an entity in itself. A people 
have a soul and we can look for example at September 11th and see that all that has resulted from that is a, a crisis not only for America but for much of the planet look at how hard we've thought uh, about trying to understand the origins of that crisis trying to understand the hatred that was demonstrated trying to fathom the love that flowed out of mm -hmm. that crisis it's been enormously educational I think devastating but also beautiful in its own way and um, once again uh, for those people who would like a general package of information there's a lot in that general package of information schedule of meditation meetings overview of a Lucis Trust work uh, and a little card containing the great invocation prayer which Sarah is about to say you can give us a call on our toll free number and order that general package of information which we will send out to you free of charge of course just give us a call at 1-866-695-8247 that's 1-866-695-8247 the easy way 1-866-NY-LUCIS that's about all the time we have for our discussion today you've been listening to Inner Sight now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?